0: Circle in the Square on Movement, part one. Recorded at Heartbreak Meadows by Cliff Grigo. Tuesday, the 24th of April, 2018. Thanks, boys. Movement. Well, there's perhaps no better place to talk about uh, movement then seated on the earth next to a fast little mountain stream. So it's April, full of snow melt. The snow is uh, right over in the shade of the conifer forest. But we're sitting on earth that has just uh, been snow-free for about a week, week and a half or so. So the plants are just beginning to come up. Movement. Right around us are little clumps of, uh, I call it uh, ranchers poke lovingly. It's a corn lily, Veratrum viridis. True black is the uh, Latin name for it. And it's the second most poisonous plant in the Pacific Northwest. And it deserves a whole field note report, but we're talking about movement. Well, A good place to begin, perhaps, is that one little miniature that talks about the relationship between form or pattern in movement. Form emerges out of movement. It is the outward envelope of the rhythmic pulse of change. Form emerges out of movement. It is the outward envelope of the rhythmic pulse of change. So with the circle and the square, that uh, poster that we've been focusing on, the 12 primary concepts and understanding the shape of change, the intention is to Transform thinking about pattern in a general way. Well, we just heard some percussion duo music, and that just happens to be a piece that I'm working on up here for a star cycle project for two uh, drum kits. And uh, at the same time, doing plant photography. Um, I do a lot of recording of different bird species up here. And uh, we're featuring this morning uh, the pileated uh, woodpecker. And uh, um, it's a remarkable bird, if you don't know it, with a red crest. That's the pileated part. And it's a very large black uh, woodpecker it feeds mostly on uh, dead standing snags of which there are plenty up here mostly on ants they say and uh, it is a very powerful bird both the male and the female drum and make uh, different kinds of calls including uh, territorial calls that's what we started with at the top and. as far as I know, there's only one resident uh, couple here. And that's hard to say. They they have a large territory. And let's see, there's one coming in here. There's some of the whoops that it makes. There's a little bit of the drumming, softly. In the background there, there's a little bit more of our um, just uh, a few streams of this uh, percussion piece. So movement, we'll just let that play a little bit. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it surprised me too. Movement, patterns of movement. Well, it's hard to think of a more radical transformation of thinking of moving from thing like uh, objects or patterns to flowing movement taking that as primary and just like the water that we're looking at the waves in incredible complexity are emerging out of a deeper flow so Uh, What I'm suggesting is that there can be a completely different way of thinking about sound and about anything that's moving. Dance, poetry, and indeed this water. So this embraces ecology as well. A key feature of Western thought, you could say, is that it has a tendency towards uh, rigidity. And uh, uh, one of our intentions is to liberate thinking, not just musical thinking, but thinking generally, from that um, prison of static thought. So form is the outward. Envelope of the rhythmic shape of change. So at the beginning with the percussion uh, duo, we could start with that. There's a movement uh, which is very different than normal patterns of Western music. I frequently ask people well, if you're in a car, turn on the radio and pick up a few different commercial stations. You can do this in any country where there's Western influence. And uh, switch channels. And uh, almost invariably, the commercial music will be what? It will be of a certain tempo and almost invariably in a uh, organized in patterns of four. Now you can ask yourself why that is. So a pattern of four in the circle and the square we call that a, a kind of square geometry, and uh, there's nothing wrong with it. It's a very stable in the the kind of energy depends on how you interpret it and how it's um, manifested. Now, if you think historically, in eliminating now to Western music, say in the time of Bach. Um, Rhythm is almost invariably, if it's notated, measured, and in groups of uh, only two kinds, twos and threes. And the only real variable will be the tempo. Now, there's nothing wrong with that either, but it's important to see the limitations. Now, if we quickly shift gears, talking about movement, and just scan at random uh, maybe 50 to 100 uh, uh, new music pieces that have been written in the past 10 or 20 years uh, from all over the world um, for the kind of art, um, avant-garde, experimental, or modern music. So coming from uh, ensembles like the Musique Fabrique or the Entre uh, Contemporaines in Paris or the ensembles in Amsterdam or Berlin or New York City or San Francisco, if we scan that, I would suggest are basically I would bet two kinds of movement. On the one hand, you would have a minimalist movement Uh, with a constant pulse of some kind and some variation within that. And it can go on for a half an hour, an hour or more without changing that pulse. Well, there's nothing wrong with that in principle either. Uh, The flow of this creek is doing something in principle a little bit similar in the sense that um, if we look at that uh, chart, that poster for understanding the shape of change, we have down there... Uh, at four or five o'clock, the uh, constant variable, constant variable. Well, this the head of this talk opens with percussion patterns, which are constantly variable, but then in a specific way. So we'll come back to that perhaps. But uh, uh, in the circle and the square, we work intensively with what um, are called. Introducing the term geometric rhythms. So they get constantly faster and slower in a very precise uh, way. It takes quite a while to, to learn them. Uh, but once you get it, it's second nature. You know, kids grow up with it, it would be totally second nature. And it's identical for me out here doing field work. It fits into natural patterns. That's where the idea comes from. Uh, spirals are, of course, everywhere out here. And uh, um, I was just making photo- photos this morning, uh, close-up photos of Ponderosa pine cones on the ground. Well, they're based, of course, on uh, uh, two uh, complementary spirals. In very precise uh, relationships. We won't go into that now, but they're very precise Fibonacci relationships. And the spirals that we heard at the beginning, which is a very short thing, but the piece goes on and develops that uh, theme, just like we're doing now with geometric rhythm. It's like if you look at a nautilus shell, the famous spiral, well, there is a relationship between each new chamber in that marvelous unfolding expanding like a fern and uh, uh, it has a constant relationship of 1.09 well that music is doing something very similar but not in space at first it's doing it in time and then that folds into a kind of spatial effect. So let that sink in. It's constantly changing at a constant relationship. And uh, uh, computers can come to the rescue, just like fractals can only be explored with computers, right? You can't make uh, fractals on graph or just very limited ones. But to actually get in what you might think of as a fractal spaceship, to explore fractals as movement and going in and seeing how that you have what's called the repetition, musicians would say, but mathematicians would say iteration of, this is formal language, but important, self-similar forms. Well, in the circle and the square, we totally uh, embrace that. And why? Because it's natural. (laughs) If you're up here, and this is where you're doing your composing and recording, will you naturally begin to attune? Now here's the key word, movement. But that will only happen even if you're an ecologist or biologist or photographer, only if you begin to perceive, sense, feel, resonate with pattern as movement. You see, normally, especially in the West, I would love to hear from other cultures, because Africa, of course, is vastly more rhythmic than anything that has to do with cultures that come from English. English is probably the worst in in terms of cultural areas, in terms of rhythm. Like I always say, jazz and the African-American rhythmic. Let's listen to that. There is a pileated woodpecker again, calling out. That's his territorial sound, and they're very territorial. I had an adventure this uh, this winter in the deep depth of winter, so camped on a meter and a half of snow, and I had recorded <laughs> that sound. And I was playing it back to see it, to test the sound quality, and he wouldn't let me go. I'm assuming it was the male, and. <laughs> So he kept on coming back to my campsite, believe it or not. I very much dislike that, by the way. Birders who come out with recordings and torture our little avian friends. At least I don't do that. I have ethical problems with that. Because he was very upset. And, uh, you know, I'm, he's trying to figure, what, what is Cliff? He is, is there another uh, uh, woodpecker in the neighborhood? And it's a massive bird. You cannot look at them without thinking, if you post-Darwin anyway, of evolution, that there were at one point in our, perhaps even human history, way back when, I'm just improvising, because it was kind of a tragic comic. I felt very bad about it. And uh, what I do with these recordings is I just place uh, little clips and I have no idea where they're going to come. And uh, um, for a little bit of interruption... And well, but back to movement. So the patterns are crucial and they're emerging out of movement. So if you're actually generating them with notation or mathematics or computers, then it's very important to make that change from just thinking about things. There's a little bit more of that percussion. Now that's a geometric spiral. And then it shifts, it took me by surprise. I'm just listening like you. See, that's a geometric spiral. And now it's going to go back into a measured pulse. Another spiral, that's measured. So if we go back to our sample of 50 to 100 recently um, composed, they've got to be composed, uh, pieces of the past 10 or 20 years. So we had uh, a kind of minimalism in trying to understand that. And uh, then you have, um, and we started with the 4-4, four, four. try that experiment especially in North America, uh, you will not find any other meter than 4-4. Talk about square in the old jazz (laughs) usage of the word. It is very remarkable. That has a, a quality of energy of which we're not aware. And there are reasons for that that are beyond the scope of just talking about movement, but it's a very mechanical pattern of energy. And so if you keep doing that long enough, we shape the world and the world shapes us. So we will become inwardly through the movement of that sound, not just the sound, but the movement of the sound very quickly, we become that mechanical movement. So, yeah, maybe we should pick up on that. That uh, um, 40 years ago, there were no drum machines. But they were just starting to go into studios and lay down separate tracks. That was the beginning of the end. Musically, in our view, we'll go into that on another occasion. That's deadly. And what you're doing is that the technology makes it possible. And the kind of techno-determinism, you think, aha, let's just go do that. It started with two track recorders. Well, that was enough. And then you get to four and eight. And originally, those were extremely expensive machines, so it was very difficult to do. And eventually, uh, uh, like say something like uh, the great uh, Motown tradition coming out of uh, uh, Detroit City when it was still a city and still vibrantly alive. And uh, um, well, I've actually seen and participated in recordings like that. That they'll come in. And uh, they'll hire a brass section, a drummer section, singers, backup, and uh, the whole thing. They do the whole thing separately. And the individual performers, it's a good model for society. They have absolutely no idea what the thing is about. They just see this conductor up in front of a conductor. This guy is shaking. and shaking his bum. And he has a, a pocket full of $20 bills. And they know they're going to get paid two or 400 bucks just for laying down some sort of simple track. Well, that was the beginning of the end. Because obviously nobody's listening anymore, right? You're just laying down your track and you just want to get out of there. And don't think orchestras of the Mozart kind have not been influenced by this we shape the world and the world shapes us. So somebody tried to figure out, that's a good dissertation, why is commercial music invariably 4 4? That's a hard question. So now we're talking about movement, but of a certain species. You see how beautiful it is that music and nature and sound are one if you're up at some place like Heartbreak Meadow. So I'm, this water is right in front of us. We can just go jump into It's about five degrees Celsius. So it'll give you a good uh, thermal chill, and then you can jump out into the sun. Movement. Well, why this mechanical movement is a kind of death? Well, then the, the drum machine was introduced. And then the click track that you put down a mechanical beat and start playing with that. Well, that's another test. How many are 4-4? Four, four? How many are multi-recorded and how on multi-tracks? And how many are playing with a drum uh, computer? And even if you're doing um, uneven beats on top of that mechanical beat still, baby, it's absolutely, it's appalling, in my view, what we've become. So we're listening to, we're comparing those... 100 pieces, so we have a set of minimal pieces, and we're looking at it like a naturalist, that's a good way to do it. So we have species of movement, so we, that's one variety of mechanical movement. Now we go over to these uh, hyper-complicated scores that usually focus on a very low level of uh, what's um, in principle complex sound that we've talked about before. And they're usually like modern, uh, uh, everybody knows what that is, modern playing techniques, whatever. It doesn't make any difference. But, uh, yeah, that's the point, is that, uh, uh, well, that can be interesting perhaps for a while. Um, but uh, the problem is, is that um, just like you have that mechanical test, say you're driving in your car and you're testing these commercial music. Oh, yeah, so everything's four, four. Why is that? Well, now we're going to turn it around. So now we're listening to this, uh, say, something like you might hear in Lucerne or Darmstadt or Amsterdam. And it's not minimal, right? Not coming from that. It's coming from something else. So what, what are we going to hear? Now, one of the first things you notice is that this natural instinct of sinking with our feet has been uh, disempowered. There's no tapping of the feet. Not that you have to do that, but um, generally the people who do that kind of music are not even aware that that music would never call that into being. Well, that's very bad. On that shape of change, that's uh, at the 11 o'clock, a somatic constant. There are things about embodied intelligence, not intellect. Intellect is always mechanical. Artificial intelligence also is always mechanical, regardless of machine learning. So we're making a difference. That comes from David Bohm. We can't go into that now, but it's crucially important that we're looking at this water entirely self-organizing, entirely self-purifying. This little river pulses from head to toe two or three times a day with entirely new content. And yet its form with weather conditions like this, the pattern of its movement, the patternation as a verb, remains constant, marvelously constant over its diurnal cycle. So if we're up here studying climate crisis, that's one of the things we watch like a hawk the rhythm of that water and if you get good at it you can hear it in its sound. So isn't that strange? So the circle and the square is in principle about dance. So there the commercial music's got the modern music uh, beat hands down. There you're going to be moving your body at least. But it's very strange, what we're saying is that for proper balance, we need both. Just listening to a drum beat, you know, like a, setting up a groove and dancing, and all that, Well, that's all well and good, but uh, um, it's very mechanical. We shape the world and the world shapes. If you do that long enough, uh, you're going to be as dead as that drum machine. So that's it for our uh, little uh, natural history of those hundred pieces. Now look at something like the Indian tradition, Well there you have balance of a marvelously intricate uh, kind. So back to geometric uh, movement. What we were talking about, and we should probably end with that, is the difference between geometric and arithmetic movement. Well, as we started, a difference that makes a difference, right? That's at 12 o'clock on our diagram. Well, that's one hell of a profound difference. Up here, it's everywhere in nature. And so we're encouraging people to say, hey, well, you know, we could be doing this in music. It's like this whole universe of musical sound, just like fractals, that has never been explored. And uh, there are reasons for that, because it wasn't um, a part of these different uh, traditions, not even the Indian tradition. And the computer, now, can come to the rescue just like with fractals. Because those geometrical uh, movements in time, you're not doing them in space, right? At first with fractals, we see them spatially, that all the differences, this is technical, but philosophically you say, all differences are co-present. That's what makes space. So in the circle and the square, we say time folds into space and vice versa. And what concerns us is the movement that is deeper, that is somehow beyond time. The water is always pointing for millennia. People have meditated on the mystery of living water. It's movement. It's endlessly fascinating. And something is being revealed to us that we cannot consciously think about, nor can we consciously measure it. Any kind of, it's beyond thought and thinking. So that's where what should be called artificial intellect, even if it's machine learning, even the algorithms of Google and Facebook and Twitter that are in wild runaway now and threaten to take down (laughs) Western culture. That is not intelligence. A key feature of intelligence is that self-purification and self-correcting. Well, that's what we just generally lost in Western culture, so it should come as no surprise that our art suffers from the very same thing. Climate crisis is a result of the lack of self-correction. In terms of the energy that we use, the kind of energy, all we have to do is stop and follow the sun. That's the only single thing that has to happen. But we will not do that because we're stuck not in movement, but in a rigid pattern, both of thinking and living, that's based on a self-destructive form of energy. That's only been around for less than 200 years, hydrocarbons. But it'll definitely take down the planet, or at least civilization as we know it. The only variable in that is time, how quickly, It will happen, and it's taking everybody's breath away, how quickly, up here, certainly. So if you're up here, the higher you go in the mountains, the more self-evident that you're in the middle of a crisis, just like going to the North Pole, where I've never been. But you don't have to go. The higher you go, altitude works like going uh, further north in latitude. So nobody's up here. <laughs> so nobody cares about it, unless there are tourists, you know, like backpackers or something like that. But everybody's suffering up here. So self-correction. So why would the arts, going? they're not going to be free of that deficit of self-correcting cycles at all levels. So one of the ways to break out of that prison, one of the ways is uh, movement. Once we start thinking in terms of movement, first and foremost, we end the fragmentation between music and nature. That's a key point. So nature becomes again, this is not Beethoven, nature again becomes our inspiration because we're resonating with it. And we hope in a deeper way. There comes another. These play at random. See, that's another geometric thing. Let's listen to that. It's very soft. So isn't that nice? Computers can come to the rescue here, just like they do with fractals. Fractals have totally changed our perception of nature in a way so uh, by introducing what we were talking about the other day the concept of roughness to the degree of roughness and not thinking in terms of Euclidean geometry of just simple squares and circles and triangles well there's nothing wrong with that but it's limited right so now we have a and a completely new way of trying to model and understand and generate uh, complexity in cycles, we hope, moving from simple to complex and back again. So here now, with uh, computers can actually teach us something about musical movement. Now, isn't that nice? Because uh, if I were to say, well, uh, do an accelerando, but then a precise accelerando, which means that you get octave doublings. We'll talk about that later. And, uh, uh, but it has to be very precise, just like singing an octave has to be very precise. It's no different. But an octave, when we do it in terms of frequency or pitch, that's spatial, whereas this is temporal. And we're not used to, um, we have not developed that uh, sensitivity, that kind of an awareness. So again, in the circle and the square, time folds into space and time folds into, and space folds into time. They go easily back and forth. And that's only possible once you begin to think and perceive and resonate, not just with sound, but with movement. And we'll end with that. That idea, that possibility, up here it's a fact, that. Music and nature are rediscovering their relationship. Like the whole idea of truth in function, self-correction, self-purification. That comes directly from this experience. that our consciousness, in principle, is not similar to this water, but exactly the same. When consciousness begins to heal itself, that's what the circle and the square is about. Then it starts to give serious attention to self-purification and self-correcting. Okay, we'll end with that. We'll sound out with a little poem that was done yesterday. You can tell I'm a little bit hoarse. I went down to visit friends yesterday, and the wind is picking up. So thanks for listening. And uh, we're sending out our love to the woodpeckers, the Pileated Woodpeckers, for joining in our talk and our drum duo up here. And we'll end by this really nice little poem. Thanks for listening. Ciao for now. This is Cliff for The Circle and the Square. I walked by your tent today. I didn't hear a trombone. I didn't see a trombone. I walked by your tent today. I didn't see a flute. I didn't hear a flute. I heard the birds. I heard the birds I heard the tree. I heard the, 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 the tree. I, 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 the the I didn't hear one. But I didn't see a trombone. And I didn't hear one. But